Coming up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech, Activision Blizzard finally is acquired by Microsoft. Bobby Kotick will be leaving Activision at the start of next year. Unity has taken its first real step to start healing its trust issues all by getting rid of their CEO. And Sony has announced the PS5 Slim. We'll talk about the details of that launch later. All that more come up today on Eagle Eyes on Tech. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Eagle Eyes on Tech Guy, Amigo Falcon. Nothing happened this week. Do you think anyone would believe me if I said that? I mean, if you only got your news from this podcast, you'd think so, because real life continued to get in the way of actually making breaking news episodes, and I could have done three of them. There's three major stories that are actually worthy of being called breaking news. Obviously, the most recent one, Activision Blizzard finally being acquired by Microsoft. Unity ousting its CEO. Sony announcing the PS5 Slim. All three of them could have been standalone episodes. I didn't get one of them out this week. But of course, we're going to start off with the biggest and most important news out there that is important to everyone ever. There's only one thing that really matters to everyone. And that is the fact that T-Mobile is increasing the price of its unlimited data plan by $10. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie. I got a good chuckle out of this story. Because when I'm going through my news curator sites that I, that I have access to, that I go ahead and pick stories from. Someone had the brilliance to put this ad at as big of news as Microsoft being acquired by Activision Blizzard. I'm sorry, that, um, um, I'm sorry. The other way around, Activision Blizzard being ac- acquired by Microsoft. And I'm just like, what? Honestly, the funniest thing about this is apparently you can opt out of your price hike, which raises the question, why would you not opt out of this? (laughs) Imagine like walking up to someone and say, hey, I see you're filling up with gas. Uh Uh-huh. You want to pay five cents more a gallon? And they just say, well, no. And you're like, okay, have a good day. And then just walk away. That's what this feels like. (laughs) What do you mean opt out of a price hike? Well, let's actually go over the details of how to opt out of these price hikes. The big thing about this is that to is that this is this is basically happening to all plans and quite frankly first off 
The plant names are weird. We have magenta, magenta 55, one. But then later on, it's going to be, it's called go 5G, go 5G 55 plus, whatever the heck that means. And no, never mind. That's the same one. So basically what it means, what you can do is that on October 17th, if you're in T-Mobile, you will begin to get notifications about this migration that is going on. And this is what's causing the price hike, by the way. This isn't just like a casual, oh, we're just going to up the, the prices by $10. They are basically consolidating old plans into new ones and we'll see what that means so basically if you're already on these newer plans nothing's going to change you are already paying too much if you are on these older plans however you're just going to be forced into the newer ones but you can opt out of the migration stick with these older plans for a little longer but in the end you're going to be forced to switch Anyway, apparently the change is happening mostly because they're, they're trying to get more people on their 5G plans. Can I just say something real quick though? I'm beginning to hate 5G more and more lately. And this isn't some sort of, oh, the 5Gs are frying the brains and turning the frogs gay or something crazy like that. No, 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 no. This isn't tinfoil hat stuff. My phone, the Samsung S23, for whatever reason, does not have the ability to force going back to 4G. I either can turn on all bands or no bands. By the way, Samsung, not thrilled with that. The other thing with this is that 5G, it is not a stable wideband connection. I am not even kidding. I am actually happy when I see only 4G coverage is available because it ends up being more stable on my phone. I am not even kidding. Like the 5G coverage around my apartment is awful. It is terrible. Like it says, I think the thing like, what was the last speed test I got in here? Like the speed test says 200 down and like 50 up or something crazy like that. Like it's insane speeds for mobile. It buffers YouTube because the speeds are so inconsistent, it's not even funny. Like now for sanity, I want to actually do this. Now, now, that, now that we've gone from the joke of this is the most important story ever, JK, no it's not, to, um, to just ripping on, ripping on T-Mobile recently just because it is.
Just because they are what they are. All right, I just switched it to 5G. Let's see what my, my connection speed is. <laughs> 15 down. Two up. 5G, everyone. I have gotten better 4G speeds than that. So, while T-Mobile insists on this shift in their plans, all right, I would dare say, you know, it'd be better, just saying, what would be far, far better, fix your infrastructure. Because to try and tell me that this is good 5G speeds is laughable. It's supposed to be. I'm actually surprised the speeds were that low. Because normally when I do the test, it's actually way better. Nope, we're getting very similar doing a second pass here. Yep. And I intentionally disconnected from Wi-Fi. I love also the second test turned out to be one-third the speed. It's great. Meanwhile, though, in the CPU world, we have a little bit of a geopolitical setup going on, all right? This is involving risk five. So what is risk five? Oh, look at that. My upload speed was 0.069. That's not nice at all. So risk five, for those who don't know, they are a CPU architecture that is 100% open source. yellow I'm so glad we got this phone conversation to talk about nothing what a great interruption that was anyway risk 5 like I said is an open source CPU architecture all right the US Congress has recently made moves to forbid risk five from being accessible to everyone's favorite uh, uh, country to hate China because of course they are so what do you do well right now 
as it stands, there are basically international treaties that prevent risk five and any company from from interacting from with China using risk five technology and just making it so that basically China just cannot contribute at all to the open source format. Risk five, however, is saying that goes straight in the face of their principles and the ability of risk five to well be tested and become better. And it's kind of hard to argue against that. Th that is pretty much just the boat that Risk Five is in. They need more people to use Risk Five so that they can perfect Risk Five. Now, this all sounds well and good, right? I mean, other than the fact that you know, China doesn't exactly have the best intentions when it comes to developing new technologies. They are all about enhancing for themselves and also how to use it to advance solely themselves. Not that many other countries are better, but, you know, that's getting in the, in the geopolitical realm. But, you know, when you also have the CEO of Risk Five saying that they want to imagine a future where Risk Five is the architecture for all chips, not just CPUs, but all chips... It's a little concerning, to say the least. Look, I am all for, I am all for Risk Five getting more adoption. I am all for an open standard being embraced. I am also all for competition and advancements in technology. And for Risk Five to just take the place of all chips, CPU, GPU, ASIC, and otherwise, you know, it's kind of hard for me to get on board a hundred percent with their ideals. One thing I am starting to warm up to a little bit is the concept of ARM becoming the chip that everyone embraces. So in the Mac world, everything is now ARM. Everything. Your phones are, are ARM, or specifically Apple Silicon. Your tablets are ARM. Your desktops are ARM. Your laptops are ARM. Even your desktop PC is ARM, even though the Mac Pro... Let's be perfectly honest. The Mac Pro is an embarrassment to workstations it really really is i'm sorry it is you you i want you to defend the mac pro go ahead do it you can't can you no it's very difficult to defend that snapdragon however or rather qualcomm imagines that the next Snapdragon X series will be for the PC market what Apple Silicon was 
to the Mac market. Here's what I got to say, though. All right. I have no doubt that Qualcomm has the capability to go ahead and make a very powerful ARM chip. But you want to know what makes Apple Silicon so good? Because I'll tell you what, it is not the fact that Apple Silicon is so powerful. It is not the fact that Apple blatantly lies about the performance of Apple Silicon and has refestered the old cult-like mentality that uh, we used to see out of Apple. No, no, no. It's not that at all. It's the operating system. Apple Silicon works so well as a desktop platform because Mac OS works so well with it. That's all there is to it. If you want to talk about raw power, raw performance, x86 and discrete GPUs absolutely slaughters Apple Silicon hand over fist, no question about it. But Mac OS takes that lower end silicon and makes it do wonders where the Mac excels at most right now by far no question about it is performance performance per watt that chip is incredibly power efficient and that OS makes that efficient chip just sing. So the Snapdragon X, it could be a new revolution in the PC space, but it's going to need Windows for ARM to really step up the game. Because the last time we saw Windows for ARM, it was abysmal. And it was the reason why I originally said there is no way that in its current state, ARM would replace x86. Qualcomm needs Microsoft to step up its, its game drastically. They might be able to do it. But... Don't get ready to throw out your uh, your massive Core i9 systems just yet. It wouldn't surprise me at all if, say, in five years, we look at x86 When was the last time that we actually had a, a CPU architecture change in the PC space? It's always been x86, hasn't it? I'm sure 
I'm sure there's been another time. Someone in chat says X64 by AMD, but that was still based on the same architecture though. Like it's not like a radically different way that computes done, like say a cell processor or a, or a power PC processor or anything of, like of that nature. Like this would be the first major change since probably the dawn of the microprocessor, I think. But then again, this starts becoming a territory where I admit I am not very familiar with it. That's something better suited to someone else who has a better vision of the past. But speaking of vision, let's talk about the Vision Pro and how uh, weight is becoming a major concern. So apparently... Someone in chat says 64-bit versus 32-bit was a significant change. It was, but they were still backwards compatible with each other. It wasn't like this would be where emulation is now required. I think. I admit, though, I don't know fully. But getting back to the Vision Pro. Apple is currently testing the Vision Pro, obviously, right? For its debut launch next year for, I still can't believe it, $3,500. They're still really going to sell a VR headset for $3,500. I haven't seen something that Apple-like since... Actually, since the MacBook Pro 16-inch. God, everything Apple Silicon lately has been very has been very old school Apple like. Like, holy cow. Actually, remember when the iPhone used to be like a six hundred dollar phone? And everyone just uh and, and everyone just uh said that was the most expensive phone out there. Now we don't bat an eye at a thousand. This world's insane. But the concern that's coming up for the Vision Pro is weight. Someone in chat says the bargain. You don't need to buy an Apple display or the thousand dollar stand. Oh, you got me there. I, I could save $7,000 on a monitor by just getting a $3,500 headset that is a headache generator because of its weight. I'm sorry. Maybe it's something I'll just get used to. But if I see someone in an office or at home sitting at a desk using a headset with no monitor, I'm going to laugh at them. Especially if it's a Vision Pro. Because holy cow, $3,500 is that's just, just too much. So, 
the head the weight of the headset is a huge concern the headset causing headaches due to the weight is a concern and then on top of that for extra headacheness prescription lenses are proving to be a huge hurdle for the vision pro to overcome could you imagine all right let's pretend you're much more well off than than you are right now because let's be honest i am not in the market for a vision pro i'm willing to bet that you also listener are not in the market for a vision pro i am fairly confident that anyone who is in the wealth category to afford a vision pro probably does not listen to my opinions on this but let's pretend for a minute that you did have $3,500 in disposable income to drop on a vision pro headset and then you find out that contrary to what the slides originally said your glasses are not compatible with the headset and then causes severe migraines this is going to be a huge issue for something that i just assumed apple had working just just the fact that when it comes to technology apple is usually and I do stress usually very good at thinking about what could happen. They are usually very, very good about this. Someone in chat says, just get LASIK so you can use it. <laughs> that is such an old Apple answer too. <laughs> You remember the iPhone 4 and how they had an initial batch that didn't have any sort of uh, coding on the antenna bands? So the instant you had your palm rest against a corner, it just shorted out the antenna bands and killed all signal to the phone. And then Apple blame it on you. You're holding the phone wrong. <laughs> it's you're the problem. You just didn't you just didn't get LASIK surgery. God, that is such an Apple answer. I hate the fact that that is an answer I could totally see Apple coming up with, but they better come up with a better answer than that because, um, yeah, that's not going to fly. You know what else isn't going to fly? Unity. Unity has taken the first real step to actually healing the company all right and i do want to stress this is the first real step that whole thing about them backpedaling kind of sort of but not really on their pricing structure that's not helpful all right i mean it kind of is but it's not what really matters is what they did here John Richitello 
CEO of Unity, is voluntarily stepping down and retiring after nine years. It just so happens that he is retiring only about a week and a half after one of the greatest PR nightmares Unity has ever had after Unity went full greed on all of their developers with three different QAs that uh, didn't answer anything satisfactorily. Someone in chat said he volunteers to fall on a sword. All right, all right. You want to know my thoughts on this? Here's my thoughts. No part about this was voluntary. He didn't volunteer to fall on his sword. He was shoved on it. When a guy like Richie Tello, a guy that pretty much was one of the key reasons EA rotted as badly as it did, a guy who has gone on record for being as blatantly anti-consumer and greedy as possible, for him to say, I retire after this, no. You didn't retire. You were encouraged strongly to retire or else. The thing is, when you are a CEO like this, you get what is referred to as a golden parachute. All right. It's something you set up for yourself as CEO so that when it's your time to go off to greener pastures, you do it with several briefcases of big bills. So that you're basically set for life. John Ricciatello looked at what he's done, and I am convinced he is one of the big players who went ahead and urged Unity to go ahead and make this move. That well. It was best to retire and just take that package rather than be ousted, maybe get a bigger package or get, or, and then possibly be sued for damaging the company he ran and go through a long legal battle. No, he, he was, he, he was shoved out. He just decided that instead of being shoved out a window, he'd walk out of the front door with a smile. But now, what does this mean for Unity? Well, James M. Whitehurst, who is a name I have never heard of before, but someone else probably knows more than I do, is going to be the new interim CEO. The board is going to be working towards a permanent replacement. 
what they do next is going to save volumes. Because here's the thing. The plan that's currently in place for these runtime fees to only apply to brand new games made on new software starting next year, it still has the stain of the old deal on it. It is still going to be extremely difficult for developers to trust Unity. But Richie Tello being gone helps a lot. But Unity's going to need to make a big move to start earning some of that trust back. This is a good first step. But it is just that. It is the first step. There needs to be more after this one. That's kind of where Unity stands right now. We're going to take a break here when we come back. I want to talk a little bit about Humble Bundle and changes that are coming to that service, as well as, of course, the big Microsoft news. Obviously, we need to talk about that. Don't go anywhere. We will be back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. So, Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle is actually ending one of their services. This is the Games Collection. Basically, it is the games that Humble Bundle themselves have published and distributed. That service is going to be ending as of November 7th. These are all like DRM free sort of games and I'll be perfectly honest. I completely forgot that Humble Bundle even had this. How many of you remember that Humble Bundle even had published their own games? It kind of was a surprise to me too. For the most part, like many of you, I know Humble Bundle for basically being a kind of a bulk game purchasing service. What you would do is that you would pay a certain amount every month. You would gain access every month to, it used to be 16. Now I want to say it's like, it's almost always been 12 games to pick from anywhere from like four to 12 of them or 16 of them back where there were. Actually, now I want to like double check because it's actually been a hot minute since I've actually like taking a look at my uh at my monthly bundle i need to actually take a look at it again 
Hmm, I actually can't access it. Anyway. Apparently, I lost the... Anyway, it's, it's now taking way too much effort to actually check. But you gain access to, like, bundles of PC games. Usually games that are on Steam for something like 15 or $20 a month. You also got access to other bundles they'd put together. And a portion of these subscriptions and bundles would go to charity as well as the developers. It was kind of a win-win all around. Developers would get good PR as well as additional sales granted at a discount. Charities would get money out of Humble, Humble Bundle and gamers would get access to a lot of games. Win, 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 right? And they are still going to be doing that. But the additional service of the DRM free games, that is going to be going away. And whether you think that is a huge win or a massive loss, I think when push comes to shove, it's, it's just, it's going to be what it is. That's just all there is to it. So, we will never forget the era in which Humble Bundle actually published their own games. Think we're never going to see it again? Hard to say, though. I don't know. We will have to wait and see what ends up happening. Meanwhile, however, there is good news for every person out there who is on Windows 10 and is worried that they're not going to be able to upgrade to Windows 11 because their PC is just slightly too old for Windows 11. So right now, all right, for those who don't know, Windows 11 is going to be, it's the platform to be on right now. There's some quirks and some problems with it, but for the most part, it's a stable system. Granted, there's some design choices about Windows 11 that I personally hate. And that's a strong word, but it's very apt in this case. I hate what they did with the start menu. I hate the fact that by default's in the middle. I hate the fact that, um, when you open it up it is just a straight up grid. The list of all your applications is gone, which is the whole th reason you have a start menu. If you want to find it, you got to use the search function. And man, if, if me and the, if the history of Microsoft search has ever been anything to go by, it has been awful. I do wish there was more changes done to the start menu to make it more like the windows 10 start menu because windows 10 start menu it's great it just is great i would strong i i love this the windows 10 start menu it took a little bit for it to grow on me but it is just better the windows 11 one is terrible but the problem is that if you do not have 
the trusted platform module 2.0, your PC is incapable of running Windows 11. So, for example, my workstation that I use to broadcast on is a dual is a dual CPU system with 12 cores each running at 3.33 gigahertz on each core with some stupid amount of RAM. How much RAM does this behemoth have? It's some huge number. Yeah, 64 gigabytes of RAM. Like this system is probably more powerful than any of you running a Windows 11 system right now. It is a monster, but because it is older, it doesn't have that trusted platform module and thus it cannot run Windows 11, despite the fact it has the horsepower to run w Windows 11, no question about it. Until now, because there has been a discovery You can actually bypass the Windows 11 hardware requirement by using something called the product server switch. By running the project servers, you can, by running the product server, it just completely bypasses the check to see if you have this trusted platform module or not. And the best part is that this trusted platform module, specifically the 2.0 variety, is not required to run any sort of systems that we've been able to find in Windows 11 so far. Windows 11 just has that requirement. I still not gonna lie. It is hilarious that my personal laptop runs Windows 11 but my desktop can't. Despite the fact that my desktop is like, God, four times the PC that my laptop is. So this is big for people that want to go ahead and utilize their older system and prolong its life. All right, let's talk about the big deal. It finally happened. It was official. Everything regarding this is basically over now. Microsoft has officially and finally closed the deal on buying Activision Blizzard. Well, actually, it's Activision Blizzard King, but I want to forget that Candy Crush exists, so it's Activision Blizzard. Seriously, name one thing that King does besides Candy Crush. Actually, just name one good thing King does besides make money from gullible stay-at-home moms. Candy Crush Saga chat is not a good thing. But 
And anyway, I digress. The deal now means that Activision Blizzard is now going to be going through the transitional period of leadership and management changing. It is also most likely going to mean, I'm just warning you this now, that there's probably going to be layoffs. And that, well, the direction of Activision Blizzard is going to change a bit. Now, does it mean that Activision Blizzard is now going to suddenly be a company that actually cares about the quality of its work? Well, we actually have a little bit of insight in on this. Because we know another big game studio that was bought by Microsoft and has since actually made games under Microsoft's leadership. And that is Bethesda. So how smooth of a launch was uh, Starfield again? Uh, yeah. I have more hope for Activision Blizzard games moving forward because Lord only knows Overwatch needs desperate help. World of Warcraft needs desperate health. Starcraft is probably going to remain buried. Let's be perfectly honest. Hearthstone... I don't know what they're going to do with Hearthstone. I thought I understood Hearthstone, but man, I don't know anymore. (laughs) I really don't. What matters more, and it's going to be telling, I know I say this a lot after big news like this, it's going to be telling what happens afterwards all right what is going to be the first moves microsoft makes well one move has already been made one move has already been made and it's one that i said was going to be made because it was heavily implied that it was going to be made Bobby Kotick's days are officially numbered. All right. People have wanted to say for a long time, it's over for Kotick. It's over for Kotick. It's over for Kotick. And I have said it again and again and again. It is not over for Kotick until he is out. Bobby Kotick has sent an email to all employees celebrating the merger and that in fact he will be stepping down as CEO from Activision Blizzard. He'll be staying on the board for now to help with the transition. But he is going to be once the merger is complete gone 
from Activision Blizzard. And I hope the same follows with every other piece of absolute garbage that is on that board. When the merger was first being talked about, it was heavily implied that pretty much every single stain in the leadership team of Activision Blizzard would be purged and replaced with Xbox's team. And a lot of people didn't want to pay attention to that little detail. Because far too... There's basically two... There are two kinds of people that talked about Bobby Kotick. There are the people hoping for the best that say, Oh, he's gone. Kotick's gone. Oh, Kotick's finished. He's done forever. And then there's the people that said Kotick always wins. I have always took a middle-of-the-road approach. Kotick continued to make moves again and again and again that hurt his image in the public eye. But in the business world, he did the one thing that matters the most, and that's keep a company in the black. To keep a company being profitable. Because it is very easy with companies that make, that deal with as large of numbers as Activision Blizzard. For a few percentage changes to happen and all of a sudden you go from a few million dollars profit to losing a few million dollars. It's very easy and happens way more than we want to admit. But to see this absolute, greedy, horrid human being finally being kicked out of Activision Blizzard, it's great. Finally. No longer is this guy's incentive to go ahead and make $60 games that have the monetization policy of a free mobile game going to infect the world anymore. No longer can this greedy prick continue to make cut after cut after cut after cut to the teams. And then when that now slash down team doesn't meet up to expectations, then make more cuts. This guy has been so horrid to his own employees. It is a miracle he has not been ousted sooner. But it's all because he produced the numbers. Because he continued to cut and cut and cut and cut and screw over employees again and again and again. What's going to be interesting is when all is said and done, what's Kotick going to do with his golden parachute? 
Is he just going to live the perfect life on a mega yacht somewhere? Is he going to be tied up in legal battles? Because after all, there still is that whole employee harassment problem that the state of California ended up getting involved in. Is that going to come back to bite him? It's hard to say. But now he won't have the protection of Activision Blizzard anymore. I do hope for fans of the Blizzard games that, you know, things all go well. I really do. But it's going to take time before we start to see that. Now, the deal does involve some, we'll just say quirkiness, because one of the things that had to happen is the fact that um, cloud gaming rights in the EU for any Microsoft Activision Blizzard games are now through anyone, but in the US, they are going to be through Ubisoft exclusively, and this whole thing's going to be a huge mess once it's all finally settled and all that sort of jazz, <laughs> but let's be perfectly honest, though. None of you care, because <laughs> it's freaking cloud gaming. Who actively does care about cloud gaming who really woke up this morning and went oh thank god I can go ahead and play AAA games with wonderful input lag on a really dumb tablet no one's looking for that that uh, experience and for that person that just said in the chat no you don't you don't care about cloud gaming. You think you do, but you don't. It's a cool concept. And I think it makes for a very interesting home project. But the concept of mass adoption of cloud gaming so that you truly don't own your gaming hardware or the game itself and now cuts out any sort of personal responsibility of playing games out of the equation entirely. I don't think there is a single actual gamer alive that actively wants that. Which is why it's going to continue to be forced upon us. But here's what's hilarious. You know what the funniest thing about the Activision Blizzard deal being done? You're going to love this. You know, you know what the funniest thing about this is? The funniest part about this bundle Are you ready for this? The FTC is still going after them! 
after already losing in court, the FTC is still dumb enough to file a new claim and they filed this claim before the merger happened. So now, and they now stated they are still going after this. They are still going to push forward to block the merger. What? The FTC wants to block the merger now that the merger has happened after they already lost a court case for failing to provide sufficient evidence that damage would be done because of this merger. Have you ever seen one of those memes? And it's usually targeted at the, like the U S healthcare system. All right. Where, um, where the patient's like, thanks for the kidney transplant, and the card declines, and the doctor's like, well, time to take that kidney out. That's what the FTC's trying to do here, but here's the thing. They have nothing. They put their best foot forward, and it lost before the court case even started. That's how bad the FTC lost here. And they are dumb enough to go at it again. There's stupid moves that are so dumb that it's funny. And then there's moves that are so stupid. It's actually sad to witness. We've crossed that line. This is now sad. We're past the point of the running gag of the FTC trying to interfere with... First off, they were so late to the party to interfere with this in the first place. I'm actually stunned it took the FTC over a year to even get up and say, stop right there. That's first off the stunning part about this. That frickin' the EU got off their lazy butt before the FTC did. And as someone mentioned in chat, the FTC has been trying to hinder Microsoft for decades. But then to also say, I'll stop you, faceplant, and then get up and then say, like, you know what? That was fun. Let's do that again. You just can't even. You just can't even with this kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It is actually crazy. So that's it, right? Kotick is going to be out. Terrible leadership may in fact be ousted. 
it's all sunny skies from skies from here on out for for uh, Blizzard, right? Maybe. I hope so. Not gonna lie, the current state of uh, Blizzard definitely is hilariously greedy. Concerning the fact that Overwatch 2 right now, for those of you who have no idea just how bad Overwatch 2 is, Overwatch 2 put out its latest battle pass. Which, by the way, the more and more I look at Blizzard and their battle passes, the sadder they are. For those of you who don't understand the concept of a battle pass, imagine... Imagine like an EXP bar in an RPG. It fills up, you level up, you gain more stats. Except with the case of a battle pass, instead of gaining more stats, you get something unlockable. Whether it be digital currency, a title, some sort of cosmetic item. But, <laughs> to make matters worse, almost always there are two versions of the battle pass. One that is free and accessible to everyone and the other that is paid. So the whole point of the battle pass is to tease you to play the game more and then also to buy the expensive version of the battle pass because you're missing out on all this stuff up here. Overwatch 2 has launched a new skin that costs as much as Diablo, I'm sorry, as Overwatch 1 did. Okay? So not only do you have the battle pass that is trying to get that's trying to get you to pay extra every single season, which in the case of Overwatch is every few months. I think it's I think they say every two months is a new season. But they have also introduced a new skin that costs What did they say? $40? $60? Yep, $40. It costs $40 for a skin, for a cosmetic look. And that cosmetic look costs as much as Overwatch 1. And by the way, for those who think, oh, well, that's Overwatch 1. That's old news. Overwatch 2 is so much better. Overwatch 2 is the same engine. It is the same graphical engine. It is the same game engine. Overwatch 2 is just Overwatch 1. Except they put some freaking masking tape over the 1 and wrote in 2 with a Sharpie. That's all it is! <laughs> and then they made us instead of $40, it's now free. But what's the point when your freaking cosmetic items cost this much? It's insane. Absolutely insane. What I'd laugh about, and they should do this, by the way, Here's what I'd laugh about, all right? Come here. Come here. All right, Microsoft, here's what you do. 
after you get rid of whatever leadership you deem unnecessary for your new way of running Blizzard, okay? Kill Overwatch 2, launch Overwatch 3, but just have Overwatch 3 just be Overwatch 1 again. But don't even be subtle about it. You'll get laughed at. Anything you do with Overwatch at this point is going to get laughed at. Just telling you right now. You fix Overwatch 2, you're going to get laughed at. You relaunch Overwatch 1, you're going to get laughed at. But just own up to it. Just relaunch Overwatch 1 as Overwatch 3. Charge $40 again and just... Just keep as it was. I am telling you, that would be an improvement over the current state of Overwatch 2. Someone in chat says Overwatch Classic. Oh, wait, no, no. Better. Overwatch Reforged. Bring that branding back. Overwatch Classic, though, is really good, too. Just call just call it Overwatch Reforge. Make no changes. None. Zip zero nada. Oh man. See, all already I got better ideas than than current Blizzard does. So does chat too, so I mean there is also that. We're gonna take a break here when we come back. I wanna talk about the current state of GPUs. The good, the bad, and the ugly. All of which are NVIDIA. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. All right. Speaking of predatory games that just do not let up. Mobile game titan Clash of Clans and Clash Royale are both going to be available on PC thus spreading its absolute greedy taint to the one market that uh, tolerates these kind of games the least. What's more interesting to me is that where they are launching, all right? These two games are gonna be launching on PC in Singapore, Chile, and Canada. What the heck's going on up in, up in up in Canada that you're willing to tolerate this kind of garbage? I'm 
just saying. So for those who don't understand just how bad these games are. Clash of Clans, Clash Royale, and basically every game by, by Supercell is a psychological test of your patience. Okay? That is what they are. 100%. Because the way they make their money is that they make you wait to do everything. And then they will let you pay to not wait. And if you're thinking it's like, oh, it's just a couple bucks to uh, to make you not wait, no. It is far, far, far worse than that. For perspective, we have a wait here for an up upgrade. I actually do have this game. For a troop update for, for a troop upgrade, the wait is six days and four hours. Or I could pay 898 premium currency to end it now. To get that currency and in that rough amount, it is about ten dollars. And that is for every upgrade. Every upgrade is about this bad. And by the way, that six day timer. That's already about 25% done. So it actually started about eight days. You can have some upgrades take weeks. Plural. There are upgrades in there that start at 50, or there's, there's bundles they'll try to get you to go in that start at $50. It is an insane, I, I, the only reason that's on my phone is first, is first off, I accidentally ended up becoming the, the, the leader of a, um, of a clan. I'm, I'm not sure how that happened. But then on top of that, it has always been like a test of my own patience a test of my ability to maintain self-control. Folks, don't download this game unless you have incredible willpower. And then even then, you still shouldn't download this game. There's far better things to spend your time on. Don't do this. Trust me. This is a terrible game to spend money on. This is a terrible game to not spend money on. This is a terrible game to spend time on. Period. Go do anything else. And the fact that it's not coming to the US, I think says a lot about the game itself. We'll have to wait and see though. AMD has announced that fluid motion frame support is now available to RDNA 2 cards. 
This is a technology they have in their driver level that it basically results in better frame rate and a better flow for it. Someone in chat says, just to be clear, I'm not against pay for convenience, but the way games like Clash and Clans are designed, when your rate of progression directly translates to your ability just to survive in open PvP, it's true. That is the other thing with um with Clash specifically. Is that um you're always, always open for PvP. Always. And on top of that, the other insidious design about it is that you have to, you have to fairly often sign in, collect from resource harvesters in order to minimize the impact of being hit in PvP. Or just do more PvP to help, to help limit the blow inflicted upon you by other PvP. It is insidious the way it operates. And I just want you to remember that sort of thing. Whenever I mention that a game is a Clash of Clans clone. Like probably one of the most disappointing things was finding out that the Star Trek mobile game was in fact a Clash of Clans clone. And a bad one at that, I might add. Someone in chat points out there was an FF15 mobile game. Also, Clash of Clans clone. I had so many offers through uh, Stream Elements to sponsor that game. It's not even funny. And I turned them off. I haven't actually done a sponsorship from them for a while. What even are my sponsorships right now through them? Oh, look, Star Trek. <laughs> First one on the list was Star Trek. The only way it could have been funner, funnier if, if uh, frickin' the FF15, there's actually two FF15 mobile games too. One is the Clash of Clans clone and the other is, um, is actually like almost FF15. If it was done by polygon monsters instead of actual models. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off topic. AMD, AMD, new software support for their fluid motion frames. It's going to result in smoother gameplay. Huzzah, huzzah. Fewer lows. Good stuff all around. But remember this technology, the fluid motion technology, because we're going to cover it later on. In another story. But we were talking actually before we were talking during the break about the NVIDIA 4000 series. All right. One of the biggest problems the NVIDIA 4000 series has right now is the fact that the cost of entry into this generation of GPU is $300. If you are just someone who went ahead and bought like, oh, I don't know, $120 used tower and just need a GPU to get it up to gaming spec, you have to spend over 
double on a new card to get it up to snuff. I have to ask, where is the 4050? Where are the low end cards? And it looks like Nvidia is just 100% content on letting the 4000 series have the cost of entry be $300, which is insane. What's made even worse is rumors are swirling that a 4080 Ti is imminent. Oh yes, that's what we need. That's what the world needs right now. A card that's so powerful, no one can take advantage of it. And more importantly, no one can afford it. No joke. If I went ahead and threw a 4080 in either of my, uh, either of my desktops that I use for streaming. If I tried to take advantage of the full card, it would pop a breaker. Like it, it, I'm all for crazy overkill computers, but holy cow, the amount of power they suck that the that these cards do. It's crazy. It is absolutely insane, and we're gonna make a more powerful one when the 4080 is already difficult to have take advantage of any sort of card. Give me a break! And this sucker is going to launch apparently early 2024. So we're gonna have 4000 series cards all the way into 2024. We should start be seeing the 5000 series towards the end of 2024. And we still don't see an entry price point card at all. There is currently only one company right now that is making a brand new GPU for the entry level masses. And unfortunately, it's the most unreliable card there is. It's the Intel cards. Granted, drastically improved from when they launched. But I'll... I can't, I can't recommend an Intel card to, to someone who's not very computer savvy. Like, for example, I, I have a family member who uh, dropped off their laptop to me and said, it's not behaving right. Can you fix it? I can't convince them to go get an Intel card. There's no way. Just no. If you're computer savvy, by the way. And you just want a good deal? Go ahead and give Intel a shot. But I'd keep your old GPU around just in case. Because you never know. But I mean, how much is the 4080 right now? I also just realized something. I forgot the 4090 exists. Don't we have a 4080 Ti already?
Sporty Idiot right now is $1,200. We do not have a 4080 Ti yet. So this was set between the 4080 and the 4090. It's been so long since so we had a 90 series, the 90 tier that wasn't like a Titan or something silly that I thought this was like going to be the new top dog. It's not. It's going to sit between the 4090 and the 4080. Literally a price point nobody asked for. All right, here. Can you afford $1,200 but not $1,800? Anyone? Does anyone fall into that price category? Well, good news. NVIDIA is going to fill it for no adequately explored reason. That being said, though, for those who actually do want to take a, a gamble with uh, compatibility, Intel's latest driver did increase performance on art cards by up to 119%. And this is especially prevalent in older DX11 titles. Which, not going to lie, huge, huge improvement and a good step in the right direction. There's also some rumors roaming around that um, we're going to be seeing before we see the Battle Mage cards, that's going to be the next generation Intel cards. We should be seeing Alchemist Plus cards, a refresh and a tweak on the Alchemist GPUs. That's the ones we currently have. So we'll have to see how everything goes there. But man... I, for one, would welcome some of these J just please, Intel. I'm begging you. I know things have been hard. I know it's hard for me to recommend recommend your cards. Please. Please get better. Please continue down this road. And please keep investing in this never before has a company like intel been so needed in a field than it is right now because th this is excessive someone in chat said i'll go buy a massively overpriced gpu so i continue to watch rainfall 100 percent horizontally in cyberpunk like i'm seeing right now but at a higher graphic fidelity they apparently posted a screenshot in our Discord, which I'm going to take a look at here. Impressive. I'm not going to lie. I did not expect to see rain literally move sideways. I've heard of the term raining sideways, but uh, that is rain that is coming through a building. Cyberpunk really is like, it's like Cyberpunk and Microsoft Flight Simulator. And that's pretty much the only thing that can like actually stress these higher end NVIDIA GPUs. Like the only way to stress them is just go at a crazy high resolution. 
Oh. I need to stop talking about PC gaming. Can we stop talking about PC gaming? Let's instead talk about the mobile state of affairs. The fact that um, during a Google trial, it has been shown that one thing we talked about last week is actually far bigger than we thought, but or maybe about as big as we thought. The fact that um, Apple's search deal may in fact be one of the most important contracts in all of tech. Now I've known, all right, that the search deal for which search engine is the default on Apple devices is very important. I've known this for a while. I didn't think it was going to be this important. But, but let me tell you this, though. First off, Apple, you should totally reconsider having DuckDuckGo be your search engine. Because holy cow, that would be the biggest shakeup in search in a long, long time. And second... When you have a headline, even if it's from an idiot uh, journalistic company like The Verge, that says that Apple's search deal is the most important contract in tech. Do you know whose mouth begins to salivate at that? The EU. Don't doubt me on this. old cases regarding Apple's default search engines and how they do things are going to get reopened just because of this one headline from The Verge. I almost guarantee it. Just because the EU always looks for some kind of excuse to go after big tech and just slap a huge fine for something they feel that's just anti-competitive because we said so. Even though to say that it's the biggest contract in tech is a little bit of an exaggeration, but not by much. But in news that actually does matter, Google is launching a new tool to fight spam within Gmail. I also just realized that um, in this screenshot of Cyberpunk, the primary quest that's it, that's the primary quest in there is don't lose your mind while staring at rain that's moving sideways. Maybe this is a feature, not a bug. <laughs> Maybe you're just going so crazy in game. <laughs> <laughs> that the rain's moving sideways when it shouldn't be. <laughs> it's just something I noticed out of the corner of my eye looking at the other screen. Anyway, new features. Google's announcing new AI-powered features that are going to make it harder for spammers to land in your inbox. Good. Good. It's about time some good blowback is done to, to scammers because this is getting obs 
more and more needs to be done to get, get at this sort of stuff. And keep in mind, nothing is foolproof, but every little bit is going to help. Every little bit to go ahead and hinder someone that's more gullible from falling for one of these is going to be good. All right. With that said, with that said though, uh, Google is also looking at making passwords obsolete. More and more moves Google has made recently to make pass keys the new default option when it comes to looking at the way of how we authenticate things. The whole thing here would be, say, a actual hardware device that is plugged into a PC or is actually just built into the PC. And that is your password instead of actually memorizing the word password. You know who you are. You know what you did. And no, throwing a one at the end of password does not make your password more secure. It makes you silly in the head. Stop that. Stop it. Stop using password as your password. Don't do that. At least turn the O into a zero. At the very least. Or come with your own password. So Google and all their announcements say, say that they are making more and more steps to have pass keys be the default option for more websites. We'll have to see how this is adopted. All right. I'm actually curious what most people think about pass keys being the new thing for passwords. I'm kind of open to the idea. I'd have to see more details on how this is implemented before saying like this is the future this for sure right here is the future we'll have to wait and see how it's implemented google is however is re-announcing the feature of multiple speaker groups because a u.s judge has invalidated a sonos patent so google smart speakers could have at one point been used to group multiple of these speakers to each other and create a surround sound effect. This, however, violated a Sonos patent and thus this feature was stripped. Now the feature is being added back in via software because of this ruling. Just in time for everyone to just kind of not care anymore about smart speakers until Google smart speakers are powered by Bard. I'm just saying Google smart speakers powered by Bard. They're not going to be very helpful, but they are going to be hilarious. Don't doubt me. Don't doubt me on this. Meanwhile, though, Microsoft is getting into a beef with Google 
being concerned about AI. Of course they are, right? Going on. If you were the CEO of Microsoft and you see Google going ahead and integrating AI into everything, wouldn't you go ahead and raise concerns about AI despite the fact that you're Microsoft and you have invested so much into op- into open AI and chat GPT that it's not even funny? Of course you would. Why not raise concerns? But maybe there is a little something to these concerns concerning the fact that Microsoft actually did do a lot of hindering to Bing's image generation AI and took away a lot of its capabilities, giving it basically a lobotomy. I'll just tell you, like, I'm not surprised that this was done for one reason and one reason only. AI image generation right now is extremely controversial. This is all being done right now. 100% for copyright infringement purposes and also to avoid future court problems. There is also some concerns right now that in fact, this was done in response to all kinds of image generation that came out of meta, like say, oh, I don't know, uh, Mickey Mouse committing 9-11. Yikes. It's all fun and games until AI is used for all kinds of very questionable things. With that said, Adobe has enhanced its AI generation and got some huge updates, including vector graphics. Yeah, I'll just go put on a new bowl of popcorn. This is gonna get good. Adobe's another company that's just losing any kind of good faith in any way, shape, or form very, very quickly. So once again, we will just have to simply wait and see how this one unfolds, because I strongly predict it's not going to be beloved by basically anyone. However, OpenAI is still running into problems. And, well, one of the bigger problems is also acquiring chips. In fact, OpenAI is actually now considering making its own AI chips, considering the fact that NVIDIA can't meet the demand, and NVIDIA is also gouging everyone. And also, all these queries. I want you to think about this for a minute. Here is a terrifying estimate in just how much in power 
and hardware costs it is costing these AI companies. It costs four cents per query for chat GPT to operate. So if I go to Bing and just type in, make me a recipe for peanut butter and jelly, but describe it to me as though you are a pirate, that costs ChatGPT four cents. But then if I followed up with, I meant strawberry jelly, that now costs them another four cents on top of the other one. You see how this can very quickly add up? And then eventually the whole thing just comes falling apart because if I go ahead and make enough alterations, eventually chat GPT is going to hallucinate and tell me to douse the entire sandwich in bleach. Before the transformers get to it. Yeah, this whole AI thing. Is it's cool. It's interesting. But we're not there yet. It's not ready, but it wants to be there. It wants to be there so bad. But right now, no one is certain how to actually make money with this. Right now, the only person that's actually like killing it for AI is NVIDIA for making their own chips, for making the chips to power all of AI. It's the only winner here. So to hurt NVIDIA and to go ahead and bring NVIDIA down to earth, come on, open AI, do it. Make your own chips. Do it. Do it. Someone in chat says, just generate porn. Profit. That answer right there is both stupid and brilliant. Because it totally would work. 100 percent we're gonna take our last break here when we come back we need to wrap things up with all kinds of new gaming news including a look at the new ps5 slim we'll be right back Welcome back, Eagle Eyes on Tech. I'm Eagle Falcon. One concern that is starting to raise up, and this is in regards to SSD prices. Market forces are showing that, in fact, there was a 
reduced production in SSD chips and also in RAM chips. And by the way, when I say SSD, I am, in, I am including both DRAM and NAND SSD for those of you who care about that sort of detail. We could be seeing an increase in prices of SSD. So clearly what I'm saying right now is that you should absolutely go and panic buy right now. No, you absolutely should not be doing that. It is just something to keep in mind if you are planning a build. Actually, I should probably take a look at the uh, laptop I just acquired if I need to upgrade its SSD. Might not be the worst idea in the world. But in any case. While OpenAI looks at manufacturing its own chips, seeing the cost of every other chip start to go up, is starting to get a little concerning. We'll have to wait and see if we are looking at something catastrophic like we did in 2020. I kind of doubt it. But it is something to keep an eye on at the very least. Because while I imagine every listener here has a rational working mind, there are plenty of people out there that don't. And that whole kind of joking, oh, go panic buy. There are people who actually will. And that could cause a huge problem. What's fortunate, though, is that Microsoft, seeing the future, has implemented a new feature onto the Xbox, and it will automatically delete your Xbox captures after 90 days. Whoops. So, yeah, that's an important thing to kind of note and keep an eye on. So, uh, yeah, I want to go ahead and keep an eye on that sort of thing. Might be important in the, uh, very near now. We'll just have to wait and see how that all works out for everyone, huh? I keep saying that. <laughs> you just continue to have all sorts of wait and sees how everything goes. Oh, um, what can you do? What can you do? But while the Xbox is looking at saving storage, Sony is looking at saving volume. While everyone's wondering if it is or isn't safe to have your PS5, PS5 sitting vertically, Sony announced a new PS5 Slim, and my god, its look is incredible. It looks amazing. It looks like they put a black stripe over the side panel, and that's basically it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> At first glance, it looks like nothing changed other than the side panel has a break in it. 
I assure you, the form factor is different. It actually is thinner. The way you can definitely tell is by looking at the front USB ports. The spacing between those ports and the side is much more narrow. This is going to be much slimmer than the current PS5s. In addition, yes, as someone just mentioned in chat, there is a media drive. And these will replace the current PS5s this holiday season. The volume has been reduced by 30%, the weight by 18 and 24% compared to the previous models. It is now four separate cover panels instead of just two. And that Blu-ray drive is modular. However, these new models are more expensive. The way they're doing it is that it is going to be $449 for the digital-only version of the PS5, $499 for the version with the media drive, but you can buy the cheaper one and then later upgrade, upgrade it to a to a version with a drive for $80. Module is $80. I'm a little indifferent about it. I think it bites that this console as it ages is getting more expensive because that's contrary to every other generation in existence. But this generation kind of started in a weird spot where uh, basically, um, yeah, these didn't exist for the first few years and the price of everything has gone up since then. So I'm not going to hate on Sony like I do NVIDIA because it just, it's just the way of the world right now. I can't be mad at Sony when everything else in the world continues to get more and more expensive. I do get mad at NVIDIA though. Because NVIDIA, the rate they're increasing their prices is dramatically more than the rate of inflation and the rate of everything else going up. The only problem is that if you want this new PS5 Slim and you want to set it horizontally, you want to have it lay flat, you need a $30 kickstand to have it do so. <laughs> you can't make this up. You really can't. You just... The... The design of the PS5 is very unique, but holy cow, the PS5 is very much form over function. They did not think this through at all. 
they were just like, man, we want this design to be iconic. And it's going to be iconic forever. Well, good job. Yeah, I'm going to stick with mine, obviously. Especially since there's no advantage to swapping out versions. I am going to be curious to see if the PS5 Slim still uses liquid metal as its thermal interface material. For those who don't know, the full-size PS5s, mine being one of them, uses liquid metal as the thermal interface material. So it's bare silicon, the SOC, the everything, the, the everything chip, liquid metal that is a mix of indium and gallium, and then the copper heatsink. And it has to be copper because liquid metal will eat aluminum. If you ever want to see some weird stuff with metals, look up gallium and aluminum. It is crazy what gallium does to aluminum. It's battle around. Now, there is a rumor, a look, a sneak peek at what OnePlus is doing. And by rumor, I mean OnePlus blatantly said that on October 19th, they're going to be revealing their foldable phone. Do people realize that one of the things that makes Apple so unique and interesting for media to look at and make people wonder is the fact that they're so secretive about what they do and the fact they don't tell people what they're going to do they want to surprise and delight people telling us you're going to announce your foldable phone in four days doesn't make you interesting it makes you boring in fact actually by the time this podcast comes out it's gonna be three days we're recording it the day before, of course. It's just, why? Why do this? I just, I don't understand OnePlus. The only good thing that can come of this, I'll be perfectly honest, is maybe the software will actually push this forward and maybe this sucker will be affordable. But I'm just going to predict that the OnePlus foldable phone is going to cost a literal kidney. Okay, maybe not literal. It's going to be a $2,000 phone is what I'm saying. It's going to be crazy expensive. Let's shift gears wildly, okay? Let's get into some of the more comical stories. Like Elon Musk expressing new hope and has a new goal for his space program. That his starship won't explode. That's the bar! <laughs> That's the bar, huh? Amazing. What a, what a phenomenal concept. It's incredible. Mind-blowing, even. My God. What if... our rocket didn't explode this time? I, j I just can't even. I just can't. Uh, 
That's the bar. I mean, it's it's a good goal. Considering that SpaceX is supposed to be such a sustainable space company, having your spacecraft not explode, good bar to have. All right. Remember that AMD feature we were talking about earlier? Turns out there's a huge downside to it. The downside of AMD's latest feature and that helps smooth out frames and is all around an anti-lag feature. It gets you banned. You get banned on Counter-Strike 2 for using AMD GPUs. <laughs> Clearly, clearly, Valve has been bought by NVIDIA. And if you just can't afford, if you are too cheap to afford the glory of the N NVIDIA GPUs, you just might as well be banned. You might as well just be banned for, from the servers for being a poor peasant. Okay, what's actually going on is still really funny. The driver for these anti-lag features that AMD cards have is being detected by the source engine as injected code and, a, and therefore a cheat and therefore triggers that to then ban you. Despite the fact you are not cheating, you are simply using the features of your GPU. Slow freaking clap incredible simply incredible in other oddball news though a bug in firefox has been fixed by a 23 year old debugger the coder has found a bug and has fixed the bug. But what's notable here is that the bug that has been fixed is almost as old as the coder. I'm more amazed that this bug has existed in Firefox for over two decades. This bug existed in Firefox before Firefox was called Firefox. That's how old this bug is. But there you go. A bug has been fixed. By a developer that's as old as the bug is. Not gonna lie. Very amusing. But it's more amusing than the last bird, the last story they did, the weirdest story of the week. Issues are over at the U.S. Veteran Affairs server. There is a four-hour system interrupt all the way back in September at the VA Medical Center in Kansas City that has caused a number of issues, mostly resulting in data being completely unaccessible 
and had to be restored from a backup. But what could the cause of such a nefarious problem be? What could be the cause of this data being wiped? Ransomware? Terrorists? An employee that had a few too many drinks one night and just decided to go ham. No, 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 no. The cause of the wipe was a cat jumping on a keyboard. Folks, I know you can't train a cat. Cat's just gonna cat. That's all there is to it. But let me tell you about this cool little feature called Windows L. And in fact, this feature works on a lot of Linux systems too. So it probably would have worked here for the VA as well. By using Windows L, you lock the PC and make it so that no one can just walk over and just tweak with it. It's meant to keep out malicious actors that just have access to your computer. It can also be used for to prevent feline sabotage. I'm just saying this all could have been solved by just forming one little habit. In fact, you can make your next clickbait video Prevent your servers from catastrophic failure with this one easy trick. Cats hate him. It's that simple. This all could have been avoided. Because now, you're the laughing stock of all of Kansas. Because you are the dingus. That lost tons of data because of a cat. I wish I was making this up, because quite frankly... It is both hilarious and really sad. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of Eagle Eyes on Tech. Thank you so much for listening, and I do encourage you to check out our other content at youtube.com slash eaglefalcon. Excuse me, had a cough there. Or also check out our streams at twitch.tv slash eaglefalcon. Take care, and I hope you have a great day. So I just want to know.
what breed of cat was it? Where did the cat come from? Because let's not let's not let's not just assume innocence here. What if the cat was trained by a foreign operative? What if this cat was trained by the Russians to interfere with one VA for four hours? I'm telling you, we can get a good tinfoil hat conspiracy out of this. What really does ask, and one person in the chat brought this up. How angry were the vets? And how many pitchforks were involved? Hmm. Yeah, it, it, this is clearly Russian cat. Russian cat operative. Calling it now. Except not really.